just mean I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we do podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. It's been like such a long absence. It's been so long. Not for you guys, but for like us. For us, it's been so long. You left me. I'm sorry. I came back. <laughs> Does that show my devotion? Yes, it does. It does. Because, you know, when you love something so much, you have to set it free. And if it comes back, then it was meant to be. Oh, (laughs) That's how I roll. We're already starting off, so... With rhymes. (laughs) (laughs) It's because we've been listening to the Hamilton soundtrack. Okay, it happens. I listen to it every day. It's like your morning, it's like a morning cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. It's your morning Hamilton. Speaking of Hamilton, we had an election. <laughs> <laughs> we're not quite sure if it was Jefferson or Burr yet. No. Because we're from, we're coming to you from the past. From the past. When, you know, Obama was still president. I mean, technically Obama's still president. True. Te- technically. Te- technically. But Obama, can I vote for you a third time? Well, our podcast is not about <laughs> politics, normally. I mean, rom-coms can be fairly political. That's true. If you think about it. That's true. You got to choose a side. Yep. <laughs> are you a Harry or are you a Sally? Ooh. That's really difficult. I know, right? I'm I'm a Harry. I don't know. I'm probably a Sally. Ooh. Because <laughs> I believe that men and women can be friends. I mean, he believed eventually. He lived and learned. So, yeah, this podcast, we, we watch movies. You're stealing my nine. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, your turn. Your yeah. turn. Go for it. You can see the floor? Yes. Thank you. You have the floor. <laughs> I have my two minutes. We are a podcast about romantic comedies, not politics. Unless it's Jefferson or Burr. Jefferson or Burr. <laughs> you the juice. Oh my god, this is already off the rails. <laughs> I know, I'm like, how how are we so broken? <laughs> so soon. <laughs> and we just lie down. <laughs> and accept it. Give up. <laughs> so our podcast is a weekly show about romantic comedies that we were watching in... That we were watching. <laughs> it sounds like we're dead. Oh shit. <laughs> I mean, it's after election day. We might be dead. Who knows? The aliens. I don't know. (laughs) So we watched the romantic comedies in chronological order. We started all the way back in 1918. Mm -hmm. A year ago. Four score and seven years ago. How many more political references can I make? (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Um, Back before Hamilton was shot. Whoa. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) Okay, okay, before we get into the the super nitty gritty, I want to give some shout outs to some people because like we may have mentioned, we recorded our previous episodes like a month and a half ago. It's been a while. It's been forever. And since then, we've made a lot of friends on the internet, some cool people. Yeah. On the Twitter, the Twitter sphere. The Twitter, the Twitter planet. Yeah. The Um, Twitter. Yeah, we were also, uh, if you did not, if you did not hear, we were also guests on another podcast. Hydrate Level 4 podcast, we talked about Beauty and the Beast. For a very long time. So please do check it out. Oh yes, I rant about many things. Uh, I also like to give lovely shout outs. If you're interested in a podcast like ours, please check out High Expectations, a lovely podcast from three ladies in New Zealand. Ooh. They're amazing. They, they know more than us. That's that's why I listen to them. They know more than us, and they're awesome. And um, check out Radaptations. Who made us lovely memes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and they have an amazing podcast. I feel such such love for these two two podcasts. I know there are more. Like uh, Kathy from the Cinemile. She's, our, she's a friend of our friend of the pod the pod so many people uh valerie from falling in love montage oh yes nicole from feminine mistake pocket we have so many friends i love it and just seriously my heart is so full of love hashtag pod she yes hashtag pod crush oh women crush wednesday 
now uh, now I'll continue. Now you now you have to do words. Whatever we're doing today. Today today is another flashback episode. We're going back to the year nineteen ninety one and we're watching Father of the Bride. One of the best movies about planning a wedding ever. You know, two people have asked me if we were watching the original. Oh, the one like from back in it's, way back in time. Yeah, it's from like the fifties, mm-hmm. I believe, with um what's his face? Spencer. Oh yeah. Mr. Tracy. Mr. Tracy. We are not watching that one, at least today. We may watch it in the future. I'll put it on the list. We'll see if we we can, we can squeeze it in. Yeah. As a flashback. Yeah, sometime in the future. Okay, here is the description from DVD.com. A Netflix company. <laughs> in this charming update of the much-loved Hollywood classic... Steve Martin turns in a winning performance as George Banks, the befuddled father who has a hard time letting go of his daughter when she unexpectedly announces her plans to wed. I haven't seen this since I was a kid, but I loved it when I was a kid. Oh, I watch it every time it's on TV. I'm like, this is a beautiful movie. Can't say I remember a lot about this movie. I kind of, I, I remember the end. They play basketball, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This movie made me wish that Steve Martin was my dad. Aww. So, uh, starring in this movie is Steve Martin, who we watched in Roxanne. So excited. Diane Keaton, who we watched in Annie Hall and Manhattan. She's finally out of her Woody Allen phase. <laughs> and Kimberly Williams Paisley. This film is directed by Charles Shire. I'm saying that like uh, we're going to the Shire. Shire. To the Shire, Samwise. <laughs> The editor for this movie is Richard Marks, who was the editor of Pretty in Pink and Say Anything. Hmm. I know. We're starting. We're getting, we're getting good. I knew. I, I didn't realize. I'm glad we're doing this because I didn't realize how many repeat editors mm-hmm. we'll be having. A lot of people talk about how editors kind of get stuck Yeah. in things. And it kind of defeats the purpose of having editors edit. Like, if you didn't edit... A romantic comedy before you only edited action films. You're not allowed to edit a romantic comedy, but that just seems dumb. That's like George Miller, like not letting his wife edit Mad Max. Yeah, my brain just no, stopped. It took me a while to get there too. It was like all of a sudden the words were there and then they weren't. Oh, I know. Award winning editor editing Mad Max. She had edited what? Babe. Babe. Pig in the City. Pig in the City. Didn't, yeah. Want more of that. More crossover, please. Continuing at the editorial department, the assistant editor was Deborah L. Tennant. The first assistant editor is David Moritz, who was the apprentice editor of Pretty in Pink and the co-editor of Jerry Maguire. Mm. And the second assistant editor was Maria Lee Silver. This film is rated PG. It's an hour and 45 minutes and rated three and a half stars on DVD.com. I love this movie. I think it's going to be good. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I'm ready for this easy ease back into this. Uh, I know. It's going to be super easy. Uh, we we're, we're, we don't know how to be ourselves anymore. No. Nope. Well, I mean, we know how to be ourselves. We just were so apart for so long. Aww. How do we do this together again, Justine? How do I live without you? <laughs> I have to know. Uh, it's good to see you again ashley it's good to see you it's good to sing with you I love that movie. You love that movie? I love that movie. I liked it. I thought, for me, it was a little too slow and, like, schmaltzy, sentimental. Yeah, but it's cheesy and, like, good fun. I don't know. It sounds like a Disney movie. (laughs) It is a Disney movie. Oh, yeah, it is a Disney movie. It's a Disney movie, Xander. I don't know. Yeah, there were just some scenes where I'm like, (sighs) okay, so sentimental. Okay, Nick. (laughs) I'm sorry, I was definitely just doing your impression of Nick Cage there accidentally. (laughs) Okay, today alone, you've been pal Joey. 
when? No, you were pal Joey earlier, like when the movie was starting. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to eat my bagel. Okay. <laughs> then you, you, you were Gary Marshall. <laughs> when? Earlier when you were talking about the movie. And then now you're Nick Cage. (laughs) You're just making up for the month that we didn't record. Apparently. (laughs) They'll just live. In your heart? In my heart. In my bosom. (laughs) Your bosom? (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) So so what what did you like about the movie, Justine? And what didn't you like? Well, let me start out with, I guess, for me personally... And I don't know how this is going to be true or not in the future if I do or don't get married. But, like, it never grew up with that, like, that that schmaltzy relationship of, like, oh, she's leaving and never coming back. Yeah, I never grew I, That's not what I, like, connect with. It's more, like, having a dad that cares so much about you to, like, remember you as the little the little kid inside kind of thing. It's it's more it's definitely more about the relationship rather than the actual story for me. Yeah. I feel like it's it's funny. It's my mom who thinks of me as the little kid rather than my dad. <laughs> Though your dad watched you grow up. Like your your mom worked and your dad stayed at home with you guys, right? For for some time, yeah. Yeah. When I was little little. So yeah, it's interesting that it's not reversed. I don't know. Maybe he's just all burying it deep down inside, and <laughs> he's a man. No, my my whole family still acknowledges funny things about me as a child. Like we were texting when I was away because my sister was sick. She got bronchitis. Oh, that's what it was. You were saying she was really sick. Yeah, she ended up having bronchitis. Oh shit! And so my dad was sending funny pictures of children who were sick. <laughs> and like one of them looked like me as a child they're like my sister was like that one looks just like baby justine he's like i know right but that first one with the the snot dripping down their face that one's really baby justine <laughs> so they were just texting so they were texting back and forth about how i used to be just snot covered and i would just wipe my face all over them <laughs> and i was just like you're welcome <laughs> You were all my hanky. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's really like when I was a kid, I had three parents. Because my sister being six years older than me, yeah. you know, babysat me a lot most of the time. Um, I love Steve Martin. He he does that like dancey movie thing, the way mm-hmm. he moves. Yeah. He's got great physicality. He's funny. It was a funny movie. Diane Keaton could have been more than... I don't know, the whole like... They're a very perfect family. Like, yeah. what can you complain about? You're a perfect family. You are rich. You're not as rich as the people living in Bel Air, but you are very rich. You're well off. Yeah. He's driving that fancy car. Even though at one point they said, we don't have fancy cars. It's like, yes, you do. You have that Aust- Alfa Romero. Is that what it was? Was it an Aston Martin? Oh, it was an Aston Martin. That's what it was. I, there were there were words there that started with A's. So it seemed like they were already a perfect family, and he wants to like cry and complain about something because he's losing his daughter. But you're not losing her. It's I not know. like she's going away forever. But that's like the quintessential American man story. It's like your daughter goes off and you're no longer the man in her life and there's like emotional turmoil that happens apparently which makes you think did she like never date until she was 22 no at the beginning he acknowledged he's like you start worrying that she's gonna meet the bad ones and then when they reach a certain age you start worrying that they're gonna meet the right one so maybe she just dated all the wrong ones or nancy myers call nancy myers you have her on speed dial right oh yeah you Was there anything that you don't like about this movie? The story is long and kind of cheesy and annoying. Uh-huh. But it's like that kind of makes it makes sense to me like that the characters would react in that certain way. It's a quintessential 90s movie. Yeah. It's very 90s. Could this movie be made today? No. Why? Uh because they would make it more over the top than it already was you know i'd like to see a movie and i don't think this would ever exist where it's like the f- father of the groom 
Yeah, that could be interesting. I don't like buying into the whole, like, when you have a daughter, you gotta be worried about her and have guns. Yeah. <laughs> but it's almost like it's more of an interesting relationship. Like, because men treat their sons as if they were themselves when they were younger. They're like, hey, buddy, yeah, let's just, like, play baseball and do man stuff. <laughs> Actually, wait, we have a movie like that. Do tell. The Birdcage. Oh, I haven't seen The Birdcage. The Birdcage, uh, Robin Williams plays the father of the groom. Mm-hmm. And he is also dealing with the fact that he is well, not Robin Williams isn't dealing with the fact that he is gay. His um, fiance, the the son's fiance's parents are like a state senator kind of thing in New York, and uh-huh. they're like not cool with the gay lifestyle. So they try to play off Nathan Lane as a woman, but that that's like the rough rough story of it. It's actually a beautiful movie. The amount of times Nathan Lane will get in a dress. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's the legs, man. He has some really nice gams, okay? Do you think that the uh, Annie and the the guy... Brian. Brian, do you think that's a, a love to last all time? No. No? This movie was not about their relationship. This was very much a father-daughter movie. Oh, yeah. Um, so we don't get like an actual snippet of what their relationship is like. We don't see them fall in love. We don't really get these nice moments of like genuine sincerity between the two of them. Cause you know, it's all, oh, well the parents are in the room and you know, couples act a little different with parents in the, in their vicinity. You know, you don't want to offend the parent. Oh, yeah, I've been with my boyfriend for six years, and I won't touch him when I'm in the room Yeah, it's like, nope! (laughs) It's like, as soon as your parent enters the room, you just, like, separate like magnets. Yep. (laughs) It's just that awkward, like, feeling of having to be a certain thing that you you can't be loose around it. (laughs) You can't be your full self. So it's all of that kind of from that perspective instead of seeing it from their like lovey-dovey perspective oh they were hugely lovey-dovey yes but not like we didn't see their fight we didn't see you know them really on their own together ever and they were only together eight months when they had their first fight yes just a couple months before their wedding yeah i mean as the wedding approaches you fight quite a bit more Oh, I know. <laughs> Did it remind you of your wedding planning? No. not Well, I mean, Sam freaking out about like the guest list. This is why I was saying this is going to be Sam mm-hmm. when we have a child uh, that has to get married. He's going to be all like freaking out. Oh, there's too many people. We got to cut this guest list, guest list down. I like your wedding a lot better. Your wedding is was so DIY. I yes. loved it. It was lots of fun. I didn't want like these big, huge, giant like centerpieces. I didn't want flowers everywhere. Just have fun. Okay, okay. Shall let's we... talk about the movie. Let's talk about this movie. You want to talk about uh, Nancy? Miss Nancy? Oh, it's a Nancy Myers movie. I love Nancy Myers. What do you love from her? My favorite is The Holiday. We'll watch it soon I know. next year. It's so cute. We're going to watch a lot of Nancy movies next year. She does a lot of like heartfelty kind of cutesy in a perfect world movies, but like in a way that it doesn't feel like in a perfect world. It's like in a perfect coincidence. Hmm. That's know? like every rom-com. I know, but she like does it in such a unique way that it doesn't feel forced. Okay, so we start this movie at the end because we're introducing pretty much our divisive narration from Steve Martin. Yes. So we start him talking into the camera before we switch over to narration. He's saying stuff about how he just went through a wedding. And it was horrible. Let me tell you, six months ago, this is where it all began. He's just remembering his little girl, worried that, you know, she's going to meet the right guy. They're going to get married. She'll be gone forever. They say this is what happens to you when you have kids. You don't know when to let go. 
I let them flap your little wings because you're supposed to always protect them. Okay, yeah, he said six months ago, and that's when we go back in time. We learn about our guy, George Banks. His character was named after the George Banks and Mary Poppins. <gasps> was he really? Yes. Oh, that's so precious. Disney. <laughs> they dis they out Disneyed you. <laughs> they Disneyed me. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and I thought I knew you, Disney. He works at, uh, he like owns this factory making sneakers. It looked like the same sneaker factory from like uh, Jumanji. It so did. <laughs> I was going to say that too. I was like, oh my God, where's Robin Williams? <laughs> Annie, his daughter, is coming back from Rome. So yes, he's worried about her flight landing, you know, after 11 hours. Doesn't like him in the air, likes him on the ground. They live in Southern California, just outside of L.A., in a tiny town where they remember your name and he likes that he doesn't like change he's not a big fan of change hmm what man isn't which means he's gonna get a whole lot of change yep so to surprise his little girl he got her her bike all cleaned up and which never is brought up ever again right yeah i thought that would be and he's fondly remembering their uh their youth all together but now she and looks different She's all grown up. She's wearing heels. She's got pearls. She's got a little black dress. So for this this viewing, I, I, t I took in something new. Everybody kept saying that she just looks different. Well, what's different about her? I don't know. She's just different. I'm like, she had sex. <laughs> <laughs> she got that glow. Do, do that, does it not feel like that? Like that's what they do in movies all the time or TV that's shows true. where they're like, oh, they had they had the sex and the audience knows. They know. But the other, everybody else just says, oh, you look different. You, you Yep. You look different. We meet uh, little Maddie, Kieran Culkin. Kieran. We got a Culkin in here. Precious little Kieran. He was just as comedic as he was in Scott Pilgrim. I love him, Scott Pilgrim. Oh my God, everyone loves him in Scott Pilgrim. So we've got the dinner table, which they do in the trailer. He's trying to plan their lives and she's just like, hey guys, I met this guy named Brian in Rome. Brian McKenzie. And he's wonderful and I love him. And he's a genius. And we're engaged to be married. <laughs> that literally happened. So George freaks out. She is... A little girl. She's 22. But he sees the little five-year-old yeah. at the dinner table. And uh, the wife, Diane Keaton, Nina, she likes to point out, oh, she's a year older than when we got married. <laughs> George is like, you used to not believe in marriage. What happened to women losing their identities and sticking to strict gender stereotypes? And she's like, well. Met Brian. Met Brian. <laughs> I love him. I love him. Wants to get all up in that married. Gonna get married. They haven't even lived together. <laughs> yeah, but that was the 90s. She's known him for six months. <laughs> that was the 90s. That's why the divorce rate got so high, Justine. They're getting married too young. Getting married too young. Right out of college. Right out of college, and they don't even have the jobs yet. Oh, my God. She wants to be an architect. Is she going to buy the house? She's going to build the oh, house. Oh, she's going to build it. <laughs> she's going to design the house. With they her hands. <laughs> I would pay really good money to see Kimberly Williams build a house with her own two hands. Why didn't they do that in the sequel? What? Okay. She gets knocked up in the sequel. Yeah. How old is she there? It's, it was 95, well, four years later. So, yeah. 26? Yeah. Jeepers. That's what happened. Oi. Could you imagine? I want to know, did she get that job? Now I just want to watch the sequel now and be like, did she get her job? Yeah, she did. Okay. And they were the they got pregnant and they, she was like in the middle of designing the house or something like that. Man, I want to know but what then, happens. But then Diane Keaton gets pregnant. Yeah. Like, what? how does that happen? They get busy. That's what happens, Ashley. Well, no, I know. I know. And I, I appreciate. <laughs> remember, I appreciate old people sex. OK, I love it. It's beautiful and magical and it makes them actual people. OK, OK. So we're, we're off that subject. But <laughs> two people love each other. They come together and make 
they're the two big waffles make the little waffle <laughs> they get all butted up with oh the syrup <laughs> they make the little waffle that is so how i'm explaining like how babies are created to my children okay okay, okay. <laughs> i'm taking a leaf out of uh sean sean hunter's hunter's book is that what they said? Yeah, remember? No, so, I'm not there, man. So okay, so in Boy Meets World, this is this is a huge tangent, but it needs to be said. So Corey is freaking out that Topanga is like crazy, and it's after they get married. Oh right, I remember there was that whole pregnancy scare, yeah. but it was what's her face was pregnant. The mom. Yes, the mom was pregnant. The old people having sex. Yes, yes, the old people. You so, love the old people. I love the old people. <laughs> so. Go on. <laughs> so, Corey and Sean are sitting in the bed, much like we are right now, <laughs> under the covers and eating waffles. And <laughs> see, your accents are coming out on me now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Corey's like, well, how could she be pregnant? How does that happen? And Sean's like, well, Corey, <laughs> when two big waffles <laughs> get all buttered up and slathered with syrup. They create a little waffle, and that is the magic of life. Can you do me a favor? Find find a clip of this so we can put it on our Patreon. Yes, I will. Now, where were we? Oh, yes. George is mad and thinks Brian is a bum. Because who doesn't? He's a bum. He's a bum, I tell you. He's actually the hot guy from Adventures in Babysitting. Which you realize at the very end. I did. Cause I thought the whole the whole time I was like he's like a knockoff Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> he is. He so is. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've seen that hot face before. What's her face? Annie. Annie gets upset and runs out. And so Diane Keaton's like, go talk to her. So George concedes, and he's like, all right, I'll stop freaking out. You're fine. And then she's like, good, he's coming over in an hour. And he's like, let's play basketball, woo! And then they play My Girl. Brian shows up. We get narration again. Everybody's nervous. So they talk about how they met, Annie and Brian. They met because they were at the screening for Bringing Up Baby. They met through rom-coms. Yes, they did. That's another Nancy Miller. Meyer. Meyer. That's another Nancy Myers thing. Yeah, as they, they do the whole they meet through rom-coms thing. She stole that from Sleepless in Seattle. But I mean, every rom-com formula is now stolen from Nora Ephron. True that. You gotta steal from the queen. She's the queen. Work. <laughs> uh, there's also some gratuitous leg grabbing. Yeah. He, did, he was not raised to separate around the parents. <laughs> no. He he is totally comfortable with, like, grabbing things. Well, they, are, they, stir, they still are in, like, early relationship touchies. But still, you don't do that around your parents. That's true. Especially, like, when she has a father. Were you not raised? Like, did your father not teach you right? Like, I, I feel like that is a dad's responsibility to teach his son... How to respect another person's parents' parentals. Parental figures. So yeah, Brian's like, oh, I love your daughter, which makes Nina cry. And they're all crying. And George is scowling. Yep. And he's sad. He says in his little narration, I was no longer the man in my little girl's life. And so they leave. And um, he says to Nina, it'll never last. She's like, what? She's in love. He's like, no, I'm against this. That's his stance. Yes, it's always women like accepting that their daughters can move on, and the men being like, no, they can't. The parents are invited to brunch with the in-laws in Bel Air. This fancy, fancy, fancy mansion. Is that what you're supposed to do? Like, is that what your in-laws? You're supposed to have them meet with your parents all alone? No, I don't want to say all alone, but I think, like, the parents are supposed to meet at some point. So, Mama and Papa Mackenzie were weird. And they had an ugly house. And they had a horribly ugly house. Like, there were, like, okay, 
this was like a castle. There was tile everywhere. And there was giant ass columns and like weird statues and Doberman pinchers and what was the other one? A bulldog? What was the other dog? I thought they were Rottweilers. I don't know what a Rottweiler is then. It could have been a Mastiff. They look like bulldogs. So so George at the in-law's house does some snooping. Some bathroom snooping. Some office snooping. Some ripping of the mirrors off the walls snooping. He falls out the balcony or because the dogs. Yes. The, the dogs, dogs are, are chasing like, him. The dogs don't like Steve Martin, which right. is a common theme. Yeah. So he falls out the window, but then he realizes he has like their bank card in his hand. Their bank book. It's like their checkbook. Like their bank account. book. Yeah. Like in the 90s when you actually had to keep track of your, you didn't have an app to keep track of your bank account. Whew. The old days. The olden days where paper was necessary. But he throws it and it gets bounced back into the pool. So he tries to go get it from the pool, but then the dogs jump him again. Or they chase after him and he falls in. Yes. And that's the end of that. Yeah, I know. I don't understand why that wasn't resolved. Like, I wanted an, like an image of, like, Mama McKenzie just being like, what the fuck? Then there is dinner um, with the, the Banks family. Yes. And they're starting to talk some wedding planning of, like, what, what kind of wedding would you want? Big she wedding? She wants a smallish wedding. Smallish. But she wanted to have the uh, ceremony at a church and the reception at home. Bad idea. Really? I think it's a bad idea to have a huge party at your house because it'll destroy your house. That is true. That's like filming at your own house. That's exactly what I equate it to. Yeah. That does sound horrible. Now that I think... I'm just... Then again, I'm also used to just like a giant ass family coming over to my house all the time. Yours was fine. Like your what was that dinner? The the the, uh, the rehearsal dinner. Rehearsal dinner. That wasn't really a dinner. I mean, there was food. Yeah, but it wasn't like a formal. No, I didn't want a formal thing. Yeah, that was fine because you had like tents and people were outside. If you can yeah. maintain the damage outside, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Whoever has the coolers of beer, yes, you just follow the coolers. It's like a little dinner bell jingle it's like when it shakes it does that sound that goes <laughs> and you just set it down and then my family comes a running i like your family <laughs> they're so lovable and their own little characters so later nina argues with george because george is freaking the fuck out she's always like get your shit together yeah we're getting a wedding coordinator. He's like, why? Because that's what the wedding industry wants you to do. This movie was like what the wedding industry really wants. Like, go for the big expensive cake and we're going to put the wedding tax on everything. I still don't know how he paid for the whole thing. That was a lot of stuff. Live animals, ice sculptures. A lot of stuff they didn't need. But Frank, Frank was there. Frank, your favorite. The so Frank was the Martin Short. Oh yes, oh yes. It was the Martin Short, and you kind of understand what he was saying and his art and his Yeah, 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 yeah. George can't understand Frank. Yes, Frank has like a. What did he say? It was. What did Martin Short say? He said it's Bulgarian, but whatever. <laughs> but whatever. It is Eastern European. Bulgarian, whatever. Ish. Ish. It's, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you just throw it all in the middle and make sure you can't understand anything that they are saying. Pretty much, you take your vowel sounds and you say like the opposite of what they're supposed to be. Menu. Right, instead of menu. George, since he can't understand anything, he, he's just feeling crappy. He's like, okay, I'm leaving you guys handle it whereas he his his thing was to go in there and be the boss man of it yes but he can't so he just gotta like he's just like i'm skirting away from this situation right just don't spend too much money but they spend a lot of money it's 250 ahead for right now 572 people what i found awkward is annie wasn't like really involved in the planning at all she's just like whatever you guys want yeah I mean, she liked things. Yeah. I feel like Nina had a lot. Nina was the wedding ex expert. Yes. 
Bronk was there throwing in a lot of things and Annie was like, I like this, I don't like this. Yeah. Like she didn't want the veal. That's true. But who wants veal? Nobody wants veal. That's so sad. So they decide to cut people from the wedding. They need less people. So that night, George finds Annie sleeping on the couch and she's reading Bride Magazine. But she's reading about like tips to like lower the cost on your wedding. Yeah. So he gets this like, oh, she really is trying and I'm being a bad man by being a cranky pants. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Yeah. So George decides to have like this attitude change of being like, okay, I will be helpful. And the first helpful thing I'm going to do is get my tuxedo out of storage. This gross old 70s tuxedo with the fruity the fru- the f- uh, the f- what is it it's a ruffle ruffle collar shirt thing yes ruffle shirt the ruffle shirt the velvet lapels yeah it was weird and he's dancing like uh elvis presley and it's too tight on him oh yeah but he could see his butt <laughs> so frank shows up at the house they're discussing the menu planning and then George starts having this mental breakdown because everybody starts asking him questions. Yes. I like when B.D. Wong's character came over and was just like, I know you're having a freak out, but I just have one more question. I can see that you're breaking down. He's just like, two, 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 two. So he goes to the grocery store to get the dinner, groceries, hot dogs. He's going to barbecue again. So he decides to negotiate the buns. (laughs) (laughs) This is a real thing. You know how frustrating that is? You get eight hot dogs. You get 12 hot dog buns. He doesn't want the extra four and he will not pay for the extra four. He's tired of people asking for money for unnecessary things. So that leads him to being arrested and he's in jail and Nina's going to come bail him out. I do like this scene a lot. Yeah. Between... Her and him in jail. Yeah. This is something I would do. I'd be like, no more stupid decisions. And here's how you're going to not make them anymore. And you just got to shut up and you're going to like it. Back at the house, there's some parent presents things. The in-laws get them a brand new car because they're rich. Mm-hmm. And the present from George is a cappuccino maker, which he's embarrassed about at first. Like, he's so well off. That, like, having these rich, rich, rich people make him feel ashamed of him yes. being well off. It's well, a bit and absurd. It's like, it's, it is absurd, but he is also, okay, so my mom and Sam's dad helped pay for the wedding. We did not expect them to get us any type of gift. Any, they paid for a part of the wedding, and that was how it was. We all kind of split it out, like, equally between the three, like, the three parties, but it's like, no, don't get us anything else. Like, I don't want anything else. Like, if you're paying for the entire wedding and all this other stuff and, like, the honeymoon and stuff, which, isn't the honeymoon supposed to be the groom's responsibility? I don't know. Traditionally, it's the groom is responsible for the honeymoon, yeah. The the bride's family pays for the wedding and the reception, which I still don't understand why that became a thing. So, wedding gifts... Yeah, so, but whatever, she loves it. She loves the she, present. She gives him something that she will actually use every day. Yeah. She didn't need the car. She didn't necessarily need the cappuccino maker, but it, at least it was something, like, she wanted. She asked for it. Well, and, like, it wasn't, like, extravagant. It was, like, I, I understand what you need. And I like it because I feel like she developed this taste for cappuccinos in Rome. Yeah, so it's a reminder of where they met. Right, so I think it's actually quite a romantic gift. Yeah, it's precious. So don't be ashamed. Don't be, no shame. No shame. No shame, Steve Martin. There's now a montage, because we gotta fit the next months all in a montage. It's the... Wedding invites, suit fittings, presents, shoes. He made her so cute shoes. Yeah. She wore tennis shoes on her wedding. She is a woman after my own heart. Ooh, I wonder if this movie inspired that. (gasps) Subconsciously? Yeah. Ooh. I can see that. So then the wedding is off. Cancel the wedding. It's their eight-month anniversary, so he gives her a present. First of all, what? Um, he you gives... didn't get anniversary presents? 
Not for every single month, no. No, we did like six months and then I don't even a think year. We did that. I don't remember. It was a million years ago. So she, it's because she freaks out. He gave her a blender and she's like, oh my God, these are all the expectations of I have to be this doting, perfect little wife. He gave it's me back a, in 1950s. He gave me a kitchen item, which I could see that. Yeah. I feel like I would freak out too. <laughs> But when legit, he, I would freak out. But when he said his reasoning behind yes, it, he had he had good reasons. Yes, like you know she likes those smoothies, and I thought she could use a bl- good blender. I'm like, oh, yeah. So he's he's not having any expectations. He's making things easier for her. Right. Oh, precious little human. Yeah. So George, of course, uses this time to reflect upon himself because what else is he gonna do? <laughs> It's because he's been freaking out about all these things, and now he sees that when she freaks out, which she gets it from him, yeah, it's not a good thing to do. No. So he goes and he fixes it all. He goes and sits down with Brian. He gets him a drink. A little martini. Oh my god, I loved that he got like an apple teeny and George was drinking a beer. Yes. I loved that. I enjoyed that too. It's like, oh, Brian, you little sensitive soul. George saves the marriage. Saves the day. Saves it. He initially wanted them to break up. He saves the marriage. Then we're like, okay, it's January, the day before the wedding, and it's the coldest day in LA it has been ever. The coldest week. So the night before, little Maddie is nervous about walking mom down the aisle and has a little conversation with George. He's practicing. Little Maddie says, it's going to be weird, just the three of us in the house. I'm like, didn't she go to college? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it did. But, like, they were expecting her to come home and, like, be home. And live there forever. No, I don't think they were expecting that. Just, like, having a little... Like, you come home and you drop this bomb, like, hey, I'm gonna get married to this guy you've never met that I met in Rome. Oh! Isn't it weird how young Maddie is? <laughs> yeah. That's a big gap. Like Steve Martin said, he was an accident. Like he was a surprise. Oh yeah, they weren't planning on another baby. They get a lot of surprises in that family. <laughs> yeah, especially in the next movie. In the next movie, whoops. So yeah, George, he's lying in bed, he can't sleep, and he's remembering his baby, his little She's baby through the years, sliding down the banister and walking around with her little lunchbox. Studying and graduating. Just growing up before his eyes. With her braces. And he can't sleep either because it's the night before her wedding. Who? What bride sleeps the night before your wedding? Because I want to know. I want to know who you are and I want to study you. <laughs> so George joins her playing basketball. Now she says that she's sad about leaving and moving on with life. Is this whole thing of, I don't know, it's this clear path. She's been here. And now she won't be. Yep. It's a little realization. Which is why I'm like, you've never lived outside of the house before. Now you're going to be living with somebody else. It's going to be an adjustment. <laughs> She's in for quite the adventure. Yeah. I think movies nowadays like try and recognize that a little bit more realistically. Yeah. And then, gosh darn it, we get some magic snow. Magic LA snow. Magic L.A. snow like we haven't seen since that episode of Angel. Nope. Or Buffy. Was it Buffy or Angel? It was Angel. But Buffy was on it. Yes. Magic snow. But then it's wedding time. We gotta get everybody out the door. Everybody's rushing. Everybody's gonna go. It's fine. It's fine. They get the wedding march. And this is where first he's like, she's not a woman. She's a kid because what? Somebody called her a woman. Yeah, who do you, who... Oh, right. Who's here to give this woman away? Somebody, the priest. (laughs) That priest guy. That guy who, like, does the thing. Yeah. You know. But they were also smart. They hired a car service to have the the bride transported to the venue. There you go. You know, the bride not driving, (laughs) driving herself, almost dying, because she's so fucking nervous, and killing the, the maid of honor. (laughs) <laughs> we survived I know but I'm still 
surprised Drew didn't just go pull over. We were halfway there, and I was really considering that, but we were already halfway there. <laughs> I don't think it was really like a conscious decision. It was just a thing that happened. <laughs> it was poor, it was poor planning. I should have took more pictures. <laughs> okay, okay. So at the at the wedding, George has this realization. I realized Annie is all grown up. And I'm like, finally, what took you so long? He's a man. It actually has to happen before he realizes it. Sorry, men of the world, but it's kind of true. So then it's fine. They get married. Everybody's there. Happy marriage. Then there's reception. And George is like, I just need to kiss the bride. Because it's a thing. Apparently. You kiss the bride for good luck. Okay. I believe you. Mm. It just never happened. So the thing is, they're at the house, it's packed, and he can't seem to get in the same part of the house that the bride is at, because she keeps getting shuffled off to do all the bride things. Yes. Whereas he has to go, like, park the cars and make sure that, you know, the fire department doesn't show up. He has to go do the dad things. Yeah. Why would you have everyone drive there? I don't know. Cheaper? Oh, yeah, so he gets the little boys to drive the cars, too. Yeah, that's like a, that's, that's illegal. Yeah, Kieran and his little friend. To prevent more of this illegal activity from happening, we're going to commit more illegal activity. So now he just wants to dance with the bride. They need the father-daughter dance, which didn't happen because... They played the music. Yeah. They played My Girl and they couldn't find him. They couldn't find him because he was doing all that. He was parking the cars. So then Annie... She goes to do the flower toss and leave, and George didn't want to miss that either, but he missed it. Everybody misses it. It's a sad, it's a sad part of the movie. Mm-hmm. So he's sad. It's all over. He didn't get to say goodbye to her. But she calls him from the airport and says, I just want to say goodbye. I didn't want to leave without saying goodbye, and I love you. I love you. I love you. And so he dances with Nina, Diane Keaton, and the end. It's so precious. I think the movie was too long. There was definitely bits that they could have sped up or cut out. It was an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. It just needed 15 minutes cut out. And there's only really one, like, plot. Plot device? Yeah. Plot, like, there's no B story, there's only A story? Yeah, there's only, yeah, there's only the one thing happening of he is either against this wedding or he's spending too much time too much money on it mm-hmm. it's just like him and his inner turmoil and you just got to get to the point where he's like okay yep and that's what you're waiting for the whole movie nothing else really bad happens Mm-mm. it's just you're kind of dragged along with him as he's just like uncomfortable and you know uncomfortable man uncomfortable man that's it was hour and a half of uncomfortable man yep Pretty much. Okay, gang. Now we're going to do an attempt at doing a dramatic reading. It's going to be hard. Yes. Uh-oh. I ring the wrong color thread. I thought you'd be wearing a black tuxedo. It is a black tuxedo. I don't think so, babe. This tux is naughty blue. No doubt about it. What are you talking about? Armani doesn't make a blue tuxedo. Armani don't also make polyester. <laughs> and... Scene. <laughs> that was fun. Add that to our accents. Add that to our accents. We can have Frank do the career, the the critic of the the movie. He can talk about romantic comedy. Oh yeah, that's what I. Do. I just keep bringing it back to like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. The Sweden from the Swedish people. We love. Gotta the be Sweden. Bulgarian. Oh Bulgarian. Oh the Bulgaria is so. You know whatever. This is the Bulgaria. Uh, Ashley, would you yes, like Frank? to rot the smurfa? What was that? Rot the smurfa. What's this is Mufasa? Rot it. Okay, I can rate it. It's not difficult. You just got to rot the smurfa with your heart. It's your heart, Ashley. <laughs> it sounds like you're saying my name is Aslan. I'm deeply amused. Okay, um, I'm going to rate this movie three and a half blenders. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you love it, the blender? I love a good blender. Oh, they're so nice. They, they make it the smoothie and they just do the thing. They go... <laughs> <laughs> Now, I will rot this movie, and I'll give it a three swans. Three what? Swans. <laughs> Swoons? Swans. Spoons? Swans. <laughs> swans. 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 <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> Pack it up, Ashley. We're moving out. <laughs> Well, next week, we're going to move back into our regularly scheduled programming with 1997's A Life Less Ordinary. Yes, I believe that is. Two people we've seen before. Yes. Cameron Diaz. Yes. Ewan McGregor. Yes. Ewan McGregor, not evil and weird and possibly gay. Who knows? Ah! You don't know, but we're going to find out next week. (laughs) Well, if you like our podcast, why not become a patron on Patreon? If you go to patreon.com slash the cutaways podcast, you can support us and all of our podcasting endeavors. We do have many endeavors. We do. I'll be posting pictures there. Oh. Go check them out. Oh, yeah. We watch all the pictures. Uh, Should I stop? Are people supposed to understand what I say on a podcast? I don't know. I think it's more for the humor factor. I think think if it worked for Martin Short, I just say keep going. Oh, keep going. Yeah, just keep going. (laughs) If you would like to comment on that, please visit our website, uh, thecutaways.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. I'll also see on the Twitter. The Twitter. The Twitter. Oh, yes. And we've been getting some uh, iTunes reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so many. I love them. Yes, please do them. Please, please do them more. They bring such joy in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to bring Frank more joy... (laughs) or justine and me because you know that's really who we are here (laughs) please leave us comments rate us and subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher or your favorite podcatcher oh yeah wherever you listen to the podcast just let us know yes and if you need it somewhere like if there's a place that google like invented and hasn't told me about yet let me or justine know on the twitter or the Facebook, or the Instagram, that you need some help. You want us You want us there, and I can put you there. We'll be there. We'll be there, or we'll be square. Oh, bring out the 90s humor. Damn. <laughs> but that's it for this week. We will see you next week. Yay! Woohoo! Bye! Bye!